Hey guys, welcome to episode 11 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Common number 5, and my fellow host once single-handedly beat the Royal Scions at doubles tennis, Big Tuck. What's up? Like the poll, relevant, <laughs> topical, and... I did play tennis for several years Ooh. in middle school, so... And I got him mid-drink of what I'm going to assume is a thing full of moonshine. Uh, no, this is my giant water jug, so mm-hmm. I've been noticing the last H2O. <laughs> I haven't brewed the moonshine yet, but I will be shortly. It's definitely the right season for it. Hey, and I do have Tom, some... Are you good? Oh, I'm good. I do have some Lewisburg's apple cider I need to give you, so you could use Ooh. that for the moonshine. I like it. I like yeah, it, it should be good stuff. So anyway, guys, thanks for tuning into the podcast. And this was only able to happen by our fantastic producer, Squee McGee and his production company, Rich Chaos Records, here in kind of rainy Kansas City. And by the way, I know everyone loves my weather updates because they're super irrelevant when (laughs) you hear these two weeks later. In two weeks from now, it's going to be 95 degrees and sunny again. So, Big Squee, what's going on, man? Big squeeze. Big squeeze. <laughs> Stick it with it. Stick it with it. Keep going. Keep it in. Keep it no. in. Keep it God in. damn it. All right. Squee McGee, what's going on, buddy? Oh, happy to be here in the middle of the week for a special hump day edition. Hump day. hump day! And of course, guys, big shout out for the music provided in every episode by Pink Royal. And hey, stay tuned until the end to get details on how you can win a foil artist proof expropriate everything it's got everything everything and this is the last episode you'll have a chance to win one in this month's contest which is october so bruise and builds is our deck tech series it's all about the decks that big tuck and i have in our path to 32 each podcast we're going to talk about one of those path to 32 decks but hey in a cool manner of brewing brewskis so we kind of broke it down into four categories the first one is called ramp and setting up your board state that's going to be related to the grain bill yeah and like we've said grains are the foundation of a beer they include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in about a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of a beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats. And just like a grand profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. And then the next category is going to be, how does your board interact with to your opponents of the left, right, and in front? That's called the hop profile. And hops give its beer the patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors that I really like, and Mr. Combo does not, Blah. as we'll see very shortly here. They grow in a variety of strands, and I don't know if you knew this or not out there, but they're actually related to the marijuana plant, which is kind of crazy. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do whatever it wants. Awesome. And then the next category is going to be, how does your deck actually close out or win the game? That's called the yeast package. Yeasts are microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds alcohol content and carbonation. Without the yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. And without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then the last one we have is shenanigans, pet cards, synergies in the deck that are, hey, just kind of fun. We're calling that the spice package. Not every deck has these. Not every beer has additives or spices, but if they do, this separates a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into jalapeno stout or the addition of uh, extra hops that turn an IPA into a double IPA. Like we said, not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we talk about it. And then to kind of seal the deal, we are going to cap it off with, hey, redundancy, bottle cap. Which is Big Tux and I's recommendations to the deck around under $5, under $50, and a personal recommendation that has no budget. The only restriction is no lands, unless your name is Forrest Day 2 Wong. Every time. Every time. Every time. I hope you know how much you've aired, Forrest. (laughs) But hey, before we actually get started, funny thing, me and my fantastic girlfriend, every night before we go to bed, we actually watch an episode of Chopped. It's kind of how we wind down the night, don't have to think. Wait, is that the one where they have the mystery 
ingredient? Yes. Okay, yeah, okay. And so wherever we are in the seasons in Hulu, it seems like every episode, it's a themed mystery ingredient. Like one episode was chocolate, one was bacon. Right, right, right. Last night's was beer. Nice! It was fantastic. And one of the guys actually took this double stout IPA beer thing and made a risotto out of it Ooh. and then actually crushed up real hops and really? put it in. Yeah. And, the, and the judges were like, I don't know what he's doing. And then they tasted it and they're like, you know what it you're was, doing. It was really good. It was really nice. good. Question, Mr. Combo, would you eat it? Since it's I all would. the things you hate about it. Because here's beer. the thing. It's cooked. I don't have to just drink, <laughs> drink it. it. <laughs> Let's just get brewing at this point. So today's deck, we are doing Marin Turns to Carador yes. for Guidance. Uh, this is my Graveyard Recursion deck. Uh, what's that color combination This is Abzan, so Abzan. it's white, black, and green. There we go. So to kind of give you guys a little background of this deck, the incarnation really kind of started with I bought the pre-con yeah. Marin deck, but then somebody in our playgroup also got one, and it was the only deck he had, and, you know, I didn't want to be, oh, because I already have, I think at the time, six other decks, I didn't yeah. just want to make the one that he had and made him feel like he couldn't play or he had to go buy another deck, uh, so I said, you know what, I'll tuck Marin away, then I actually saw Carador perform on some YouTube channel, I don't know if it was a Command Clash, I know it wasn't Game Night, your favorite show, yeah. uh, and I know it wasn't on Star City Games, because I don't watch that three-hour-long episode. Episode. Yeah. What? What do you got? It's awesome. No, you also <laughs> probably saw a very big contributor. Scooty Shuffles has one of these. It's really good as well. Oh, it's okay. Like, this is like his pet deck as well. Oh, all right. So I saw a Carador and I was like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. Reduces command tax depending on how many creatures are in the graveyard. It, it was just like all the things that I kind of wanted. Plus, I could throw Marin in there and it just kind of worked. So to give you guys some insight, Carador, the Ghost Chieftain, is five colorless Abzan, black, green, white. Legendary creature, centaur spirit, mythic. It's a mythic. It's a 3-4, <laughs> which is completely irrelevant. Carador Ghost Chieftain costs one colorless less to cast for each creature card in your graveyard. And yes, that does count against command tax, which is fantastic. He has another line of text that says, during each of your turns, you may cast one creature card from your graveyard. That's just really really yep. good it's great value but i wanted to take the deck into a different realm i know a lot of people do these graveyard decks for this constant value train yeah. of i sack a creature i get some mana and i do this and then i do that and then i rebring it back and then etb just, effects and yeah, uh, well that that's the thing though is i actually wanted an etb deck so that was one of the restrictions i put on myself is 90 ish percent of the yeah. creatures in here had to have some sort of etb you know, possibility or effect around it. And so, yeah. I, and and the other thing I liked about it is Marin being Golgari only, which I think we're going to do my Golgari deck later, which is Ho-Daddy, yeah. <laughs> who's now banned yeah. and modern, which that's why he was, yeah. that's the whole reason he was created was for <laughs> modern. But anyways, uh, it's splashing white into basically a Marin deck actually really opened up yeah. the possibilities for, him, for me a lot more. It opened up into infinite combos, which I love. Right. But then it also opened up into basic just enchantment removal, artifact removal, right. things that sometimes black can struggle with. And I think actually, so I was going to make that point too at a couple things. One, did you make some cuts out of this recently? Because I could have sworn that there were some cards in here, like a Shouldred and the other Praetor that were in here. Did I make that up? Yep. Okay, I thought I thought I saw this in Plane Chase. So I think this is, so I also have a Golgari deck that is that Graveyard Reanimator, yep. right? And when I look at this, I honestly think this is just... 
It's a fake graveyard <laughs> deck. It's actually just a combo deck. It's a combo deck that looks like a graveyard deck. Oh, baby. Because there's like very little, outside of a few cards, there's not like the critical mass of like putting stuff in your graveyard and bringing it out. Sure. Um, also, for those playing the home game, this is potentially your most budget deck at 400 Which I didn't even try it to be. It just, it just but, happened. But what's funny about that is, want to know why? It's because this is what happens when you use like check lands and things that come with it, as opposed to completely foiling out expeditions and using the Aber duels. So yeah, well, you're, the, play, you're playing it on a normal curve like the rest nah. of us. Yeah, well, the really the only, and, and the ridiculous thing is I have like overgrown tombs I could throw in here. Right. Uh, so I don't know why I haven't. It's just, it, I can tell you why. It's kind of like my zombie deck, which is my Demir deck. I just don't play this deck Yeah, a lot. I don't see, and I was going to say, I see. I usually see this during Plane Chase um, where I, that's where I, I, I must have got my wires crossed with the Praetors. Yeah, but, know my damn decks right, buddy. Hey, I got, 41, I got 41 of my own to keep Chief. So, uh, yeah, I think I I like this deck of yours. I know that you never... I know that you don't like it that much. So, yeah, I think it's, it's just, got some interesting interactions to it. I think sure. there's some that are not so interesting. Well, you know, but, the issue I have with the deck is it plays slower than I like. Yeah. And um, that's because it's got a four-point... Yeah, it has a it's pretty a high curve. And I saw that there's only, like... There's not that much ramp to it, really. Nope, nope, nope. I mean, you have your stereotypical, you know, I know we aren't going to talk about right. these cards like Wood Elves or right. Nissa, Soul Vastward Ring. Seer. Soul Ring. Soul yeah, Ring. Right, right. I mean, I just have the basic stuff like that, guys. Um, it's just, yeah, it, it just plays real slow. Right. And maybe uh, you guys might uh, hear about a story on last week's MTG Action 4 News about how I played this deck against Big Tuck, and sure enough, he plays his Abzan Graveyard Hate. That was an accident. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, I call non I honestly forgot that was line of text was on there. So yeah, I mean it's just if you play if someone plays any type of graveyard hate, this yeah, deck just, just shuts, does not function down. at all. Um, and I don't like decks that oh I my opponent does one thing, thing and I cannot and shut play. down. Yeah, sure, so. for sure. Um, so if we're looking and comparing this to a beer, this one was kind of tricky and I couldn't find what I was really looking for, but Ooh. it's got piles of hops. Not so much grain and a mediocre yeast. What do you mean not so much grain? It has Compa 21 grain to 26 to, hops. Compared to other ones that we've had, I think this is the highest hop profile we've seen. Mm. And most time grain is like 30-ish oh, okay. with 12 yeast. So I was trying to really find something that would have been like, which doesn't exist, is a double. <laughs> so you're saying Big Tuck Brewery needs to make one? It would be tough because you'd want a double IPA. That's just a hot bomb, but that's like a session beer. So, because most double IPAs are like 10 or 12%. Okay. So, what I settled on was we talked about this brewery before. We, we got Free State Beer. This is your Yakimaniac IPA. Yakimaniac. Yakimaniac. The hops meters are through the roofs. It's a little bitter. Um, and I think it sits at like 6.7. So All right. I'm going to send this down to you. Send it on over yeah. this long table that we're at. It's deceptively long. I mean, we've talked about this before. <laughs> it's hard. It's yeah, like, when we try to do our high fives, one, one out, person actually has to get, get up out of the chair. Seats, yeah. All right. I'm not happy. I'm not but you're unhappy. not disgusted, which yeah. is weird. I think this beer, this beer is like, it's one of those IPAs that's less floral and hop like feet tasting and sure. just more bitter yeah right so yeah it's it's good it's it's feet tasting that's well when i first <laughs> back in the day before i was a 
an IPA guy, I thought it tastes like feet. So I think this is kind of a, a good pairing for this one. Yeah. And again, this beer is not going to win any awards at craft beer festivals. No. Just like this deck's not going to really No, win no, this is not either. a deck that if I sat down at a Magic Fest and was like, hey, let's play some uh, really tuned decks. It's like, yeah. well, I can tell you, I can win on turn three or I'm going to not, not be relevant yeah. for the whole game. But that's and good. we'll I, get to that. Yeah, I think that's, let's get into it. Yeah, so we're going to start off, guys, with the ramp and grain bill package. Big Tuck, why don't you start this off? Sure. I'm curious if you've picked one of the three that I picked. So the first one I have is an enchantment. It costs six. One, two, three. Dead, Dead Rich Chant. Yeah! Ah! Yeah, and I did not get up. Yeah, I know. I barely did either. It was, it was, pretty, it was a pretty weak attack. You know so. what we need to get is we need to get those, uh, if you guys remember those toys when we were younger, the, the, uh, it had like a long piece of plastic. It had like a dinosaur mouth at the oh, end. Oh, yeah. And then just, and yeah, we, ah! Ah! <laughs> So this this card is awesome. Oh, it's um, great. And it used to be like five bucks too, so it's gone down since it got reprinted in one of the guild kits. But Deadbridge Chant is an enchantment that costs four colorless and uh Golgari. Golgari, which is black green, thank you. So I'll read the first one. When it enters the battlefield, put the top ten cards of your library into your graveyard. Hey, that does awesome. exactly what yep, character exactly wants. What looking for. But it also has a pretty high upside, too. Oh, yeah. I love the second line, and that's actually why I have it in the deck. I've actually had times where the first paragraph has actually burned me. Really? It puts a bunch of sorceries and instants oh, in the graveyard. Yeah. It's like, oh, God, this sucks. But the second one is pretty nice. At the beginning of your upkeep, choose a card at random in your graveyard. If it's a creature, put it on the battlefield. Otherwise, put it put in your, your hand. hand. It's so good. And again, this is I think this is another one of those things where like most people, I mean, you always get the first one, right? So sure. you always get the mill. And I, unless you get one or two big hits off it, this yep. is going to be something that's just going to sit there. People are going to look at it and see this wall of text and be like, I'm not interested in this at all. Right? Yeah. But if your opponents are smart, they're going to be like, let me take a look at that graveyard. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, oh, God. Oh, God. Right. No, yeah. no thank no, you. No, no thanks at all. Uh, yeah. So I, I like this card because Carador, like we talked about, costs eight. Granted, he does get reduced for right. each creature in your graveyard. But if you actually break down this deck, which I'm going to do real quick. Come on, MacBook. So out of the 100 cards, 99 that are in the deck, only 35 are creatures. So you got nine artifacts, right. eight sorcery, seven enchantments, four instants, 36 lands. So there's a good possibility that out of those 10, you only got three creatures in there. Right. So the fact that you can also get potentially one of those other random ones is right. great. Uh, I, it's it's a slam dunk card and probably every graveyard deck yeah. that has Golgari. I mean, I imagine you have this in Hogak as well, right? Nope. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I know. That doesn't make any sense at all. I know it's it doesn't. Be, it's even better than that. I know. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, so why don't you go on to your next one? So my next one is a card called Manglehorn. Oh, hey, I have this too. <laughs> <laughs> two well, for two. Two for two. Well, be a quick one. So well, today, boys. Yeah. Uh, Manglehorn, guys, is a creature beast, 2-2, two, two, cost two colorless, and a green. When it ETBs, you may destroy target artifact. The thing that I actually like it for more is the second yeah. line of text. Artifacts your opponent's control enter the battlefield tapped. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's really good. It's like a mono green artifact stacks piece. How many copies of this do you have? Because this is in at least three of your decks, isn't it? I think, yeah, it's at least be, three. I mean, it's a quarter or 35 cents. Yeah. So, also, we forgot to mention that uh, Deadbridge is a mythic. Mythic. And this is an uncommon. Uh, <laughs> well, you got you to gotta say it weirder than that. It's uncommon. It's, uncommon. Uncommon. <laughs> it's an uncommon Harry. Oh, God. <laughs> I hate Harry Potter. <laughs> going on going on record. This card does a lot what this deck wants, right? Yep. So obviously only hitting artifacts would be somewhat restrictive in some decks, but since you have all this access to white as well and all these other things that get them both, yeah. being able to lock these down, I mean this will stop this will stop soul rings, this will stop 
most artifact decks that spawn out creatures and attack. It, this does a lot I, I in, mean, in a three mana package. Oh, absolutely. So it's going to get that ETB, which mm -hmm. I'm going to be sacking it. I'm going to be recasting it for only threes. I'm going to be destroying artifacts a lot. But the second line of text I really, really enjoy because if you ever come across one of those combo players that have like mana vaults and right. stuff or a grim monolith, well, that's going to enter the battlefield tap. And then I actually found this them. new YouTube channel, but it's another CEDH type of gameplay video. Yeah. And someone had played one of these kind of stacks pieces and one of the other players sort of playing like his three or four artifacts of the turn and then they even the commentator even had to say but he forgot that they all entered tapped nice. and it was all like you know mana vaults right. and you know things to that Just nature super so stuff. yeah for, i mean for 34 cents guys anything that has green this is a great include and i think there's the argument that people would say like well you know active authority does this or uh whatever those like white enchantments are yeah but they have no enter the battlefield effect you can't get them back easily from your graveyard yep. and even if you do mill this or one of the other things this thing is going to come back Absolutely. I mean, getting if you, it's probably likely that at some point you'll be able to get Carador and this in the same turn. Right? Oh, absolutely. So yeah, I think it, I think it's a really good utility. I don't run I don't run these, and I think I really wow. should. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I I look at this card a lot like Ravenous Chupacabra. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great ETB destroy yeah. uh, creature, and you just don't see it a lot. Right. And I think did they come in the same block? No, Ravenous was out of Ixalan. This was out of Amonkhet. Oh, okay. So yeah, they had all the weird creature types because this is what like a beast. Oh, okay. But it looks like a elephant with like saber tooth tusks. I don't know. It's strange. Yeah. Okay. All right. What's your uh, next one? So mine's another creature. Oh, I guess your last one. Yeah. <laughs> so mine's a creature. Is that... it a legend? No. Oh, okay. Thank but God. But it's one that you and I have talked about a lot. All right. So we're talking a recent standard all star uh, Jade Light Ranger. Oh, yeah. So colorless green, green, Merfolk Scout 2 1. Fine. When it enters the battlefield, it explores and then explores again. So again, exploring is you reveal the top card of your library, you put that into your hand if it's a land. Otherwise, you put a 1-1 counter on it and then put the card back on top or put it into your graveyard. Then you do that. So you do that twice. So you know what's funny is that this card replaced the old staple that used to be in uh, a Carador Marin deck where it was when it would enter the battlefield, you mill the top four, return a land from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, Seder Wayfinder. Yes. So this yeah. actually replaced Seder Wayfinder because I kept getting burned putting my good instants and sorceries and artifacts in there. This is a way that I look at it. You know what? I'll actually right. just keep it, and then I'll just put the plus one plus ones. But he still has an ETB, so then I can yeah. still bring it back out. And, we're, and we were debating, and like we've, you and I have talked about this too. I like that idea too, um, especially now that this card's only like a dollar because it yeah. used to be like ten, I think, and it's a rare. Ugh. Yeah, which, but again, like Forrest said a few episodes ago, well, like six, no one opened Ixalan, so there's not much of this floating around. I think this card is situationally better than the Seder Wayfinder and vice versa. So, for example, my green-black deck, I care a lot more about having cards in my graveyard of any variety. Okay. Right? So, similar to, like, a Hogak would, potentially. Sure. Right? Like, I, you don't really run any Delve or anything besides Carador that gets yep. super reducted on that. So, I like the idea of the Seder Wayfinder in those decks because it's immediate four. It's four every time, right? Sure. You don't have to think about it's going to go in. Yeah. Um, however, in this one, because you want to be more selective with it, I think it makes more sense in this deck. Yeah. I think it can kind of go either way. There's other cards that do this as well that are instants and sorceries, but again, we're focusing on ETBs. Mm -hmm. So as a sort of shell of a reanimator deck that's wrapped around a combo deck, I think this this gives you the versatility that you need versus something that's straight up, I don't care, I'm going to dump everything yep. into the graveyard and worry about it later, right? No, and I'm, I think you really hit the nail on the head. This is not a standard reanimator deck. This is a Correct. combo 
and reanimation's kind of there. Right, it's just there. And so if I start throwing my combo pieces in the graveyard, I really don't have ways to get them back out. Totally. So as soon as I start putting too many of those in there, the deck then just doesn't yeah, then, work. Then you're kind of stalled out. So, yeah. But I just like, you and I have talked about this before. I think it's a cool card, and now that's only a dollar. I think it really opens yeah. up for people who can pick up a couple copies. Absolutely. So my last one is the old commander, Marin of Clan Meltoth. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I had to talk about her because actually I think she functions better in this deck than she does as her own commander, which I know sounds interesting. Okay. So if you're not familiar with Marin, guys, she's two colorless Golgari. That's black, green, legendary creature, human, shaman, mythic. Mythic. It's a 3-4. And uh, $17 still. Yeah. Yeah, it's absurd. And so it says whenever another creature you control dies, you get an experience counter. If you guys are not familiar with experience counters, it is a completely broken mechanic yes. that I don't think they're ever going to bring back. No. Uh, if, you, if you're familiar with an emblem, an experience counter is something that exists outside of the game. They cannot be interacted with. Right. They cannot be touched. And no matter how many times that creature, because that's the only ones that really do experience counters right now, anytime that creature dies, those experience counters are untouched. It's just the creature comes back out and you start piling them on again. Right. So with that being said... Her second paragraph of text says, <laughs> at the beginning of your instep, choose target creature card in your graveyard. If that card's convert a mana cost is less than or equal to the number of experience counters you have, it comes back to the battlefield. Otherwise, it goes to your hand. Right. So the reason I think this functions better in this deck than it does as its own standalone commander is sometimes, like we talked about, the, the friend that used to be a part of our playgroup, that this was his sole deck, you kill Marin enough times, yeah, she right. eventually costs 10, 12, yeah. 14, just like any commander. Then it's like, well, hell, I, I'm not going to yeah, pay that. I can't, I can't, get I can't, that I can't do right. that. But I like her in here because I have a lot of ways to get creatures from the library to the battlefield. She dies, and I got one experience counter. Okay, I'll just cast her with Carador. Right, right, right. You know, right. and that graveyard keeps getting bigger with creatures. Carador's cost usually stays the same, but I do have other ways to bring those creatures back mm -hmm. from the graveyard to the battlefield, and so those experience counters will help me because right. Carador. The one thing I don't like about him is it says I can only cast one, one. creature per my turn. Yeah. Marin would give me a second one that I could do with the instep. Yeah, so. I agree. I mean, I still think she's pretty strong as by herself, but it also plays yeah. similar to what we talked about, Jade Light Ranger. It's like you this card's got a lot of hidden utility into it, right? Like mm. that that deck with Marin is more focused on sacrifice themes, correct, than anything else, right? So running a bunch of creatures that can sacrifice themselves either for free or otherwise is like more critical to that. But this card's still so good that even if you can just get her to stick and get back the one creature that someone tried to get rid of sure. on the battlefield, you're only going to get your value for, through it as well. Yeah. She's definitely green-black staple. Yeah. But the problem is it's $18, and they're never going to print her ever again. Because nope. I already did it once with the commander. She got printed again in like some Oh, the anthology, anthology or something? Yeah. yeah. But I think that that drove her down to like 15 and by the looks of it, it's already back up so yeah. yeah no this it's it's cool i think it does a lot in this deck i think it does a lot in any in any black green deck cool well i think that wraps it up for yep. the ramp and the grain bill guys next thing we're going to go to how to kind of establish your board and the hot profile i'll kick this one Do off it. it's a card that i think could be on the cutting block i'm open to it bilistrude spy uh okay good yeah i have this one too yeah oh you did <laughs> 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 Woo! 
can't miss. Wow. Good lord. We've been, we've I, been friends like, okay, way to too long. To be fair, there's, there's a lot of stuff in this deck where it's like, oh yeah, I can't wait to talk about, you know, Diabolic Tutor again, or like that sort of stuff. Or, what? You don't want to talk about Demonic Tutor? Yeah, we can't talk about Acidic Slime every single episode. So, so I... This is cute. this is a cute one. This is a real. I actually real, had that in my notes. It's a cute it's a, one. Do you really? Yeah, yeah, it's cute. So go ahead. All right. Yeah. So I'll read what it is. You read the text. Okay. So Balistrud Spy is three colorless black. Common. Common. For a two-three creature vampire rogue. It's a. Uh, it's got flying, and then when it enters the battlefield, target player reveals cards in the top of his or her library until he or she reveals a land card, then puts those cards into into his or her graveyard. Yeah, I just... I, it's I adorable. Is what it, it's, it's just an ETB. <laughs> right. It's a flying blocker, so if I needed it, and then, oh, it dies, and it comes back. No one's... I don't think anyone's going to target this card in my graveyard or battlefield to right, exile. Yeah. So it'll just come back unless and, they, oh, Unless you're like you. also playing another mill deck, and then they hate it, right? Sure. So we talk... I, Whatever episode we talked about, I think it was Selvala, where we talked about how there's a lot of cards that are split grains yep. and split hops. I think that's exactly where this is, right? Sure. So you can you can spite hate someone else, right? And yep. then just mill them and hopefully get a bunch. Or you can if you're running out, if you need stuff in your graveyard, you can always target Pick yourself. yourself. Right. And then sack it, bring it back. That's Again, very fair. it's it's gonna be kind of a thing that you can continually swing around. It's weird that I think this is the only deck I've ever seen this in. So congrats, good, good on you. Hey, there you we did, go. You did your homework, but yeah, I think, it, like I said, I think this card's definitely adorable. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think it's really good, guys, and it could be something to where if it's like late game, you have most of your lands out there, but now Carador costs. Even though he already costs eight, say right. he costs twenty, and it's like God. Well, I know I don't have that many lands left in my deck. I will bring him back, uh, Bellishrude Spy, target right. myself because now I'm going to put probably twenty, thirty cards in the yard. Um, you know that could be good, yeah. and then also it can be. A way to kill someone, because one thing we've seen in Uprising in our playgroup is people doing these land matters decks mm -hmm. where they get all the all lands. lands out. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, you just splendid reclamationed and did this, and now you have no lands left in your uh, deck. Family Street Spy. Right. Mill almost, yourself. Almost mill yourself out. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so That situation happening is a little bit of a stretch, but I think there is a lot of ramp that where you will be able to hit 10, maybe 15 cards, almost guaranteed late game. Okay. So what's your second card Question, is it a sorcery? No. Okay. I don't have any sorceries. All right. I have two more creatures. Oh, all right. One well, we don't which... have, we, we're not matched up then. Okay, cool. So the next one I have is uh, one that I was kind of surprised to see in here as well that, that I've seen go to town in another deck, which is Voldaren Pariah. Yeah. So three colorless, two black, three three <laughs> flyer. Uh, it's a vampire horror. It's three three flyer. And then she says that she can also sacrifice three other creatures and then transform. Yep. Also has madness, which do you Irrelevant. have a single way to do that? Well, nope. I guess you could greet her good and then bend her if you really want to. So then when she flips over, she's a 6-5 flyer. And then when this creature transforms into Abolisher of Bloodlines is the name, target opponent sacrifices three creatures. Again, adorable. Madness, very quaint. The question here, though, is which came first? Did it go into here? Or to go into Mr. Magoo's vampire deck. Uh, I will tell you in the vampire deck, this card does fucking work. Oh, I bet. So I had it in this deck only for the second block attack, sacrifice right. three other creatures, and then transform it. And I forgot, because I once again, I don't play this deck a lot, that it's not each opponent sacrifices three creatures. It's target. target. So this is actually on my cutting block. Okay, <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, uh, so I thought, I was wondering too, Can't you cannot sacrifice six creatures of yours at once, right? Because as soon as you sacrifice three, 
then it transforms because yes. it's a transform state based. Yes, you can't because it's that colon, so it's right. all like one so, thing. So you couldn't do that, but since it's an activated ability, couldn't you activate it again before her before ability? it resolves? Because it goes, so you sacrifice three creatures. No, it goes on the stack. So think of it this way: look at Brea's two colorless sacrifice. The sacrifice two artifacts. That's part of the cost. So think of it this way: if you sacrificed Brea and a Thopter to do the ability. You couldn't respond to that and then do two others because Brea would have already been sacrificed. It's already done. Oh, so, right. So the three, so that ability would go on the stack. And, and so then, that would have to, res, that, that would, because it's part of the cost. Right. But couldn't you just, in response to that ability, so you sack, the, so let's say you have six creatures, including her. So you have seven, right? Okay. You sacrifice three creatures. That ability is then on the stack. Can't you, in response to that, sacrifice another three creatures? You know, I'm not I, a rules lawyer. I have no idea. Because like, yeah. I was wondering, because it's state built. I, like, I was wondering if this was just another, if this was, a, if you thought this through, and this no. was some, like, adorable You were definitely doing to, your rude Goldberg to, machine. To be able to sacrifice a gazillion <laughs> creatures at once for some reason. So, no, no. Okay. So, anyways, I just that's why I saw this on there. But the fact that it has madness does make me kind of interested in it. So, well, we'll hey, see. there may be a copy freeing up I, for I, a madness. Deck. I like it. So, okay, what do you have for your next one? You said so, it's a sorcerer's coming. Yeah. So, mine. This is a pet card, cracked it open, and a box of Eldritch Moon. It's Eldritch Evolution. Oh yeah, this card's sweet. Yeah, this card is great. Uh, so it's a colorless green green sorcery rare. <laughs> As an additional cost to cast Eldritch Evolution, you got to sack a creature. Whoop de doo. Search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost X or less, where X is 2 plus right. the sacrifice creature's converted mana cost, and that card comes straight to the battlefield, shuffle your library, and exile, exile Eldritch Evolution. So a few things. One, this is a very fair card because it exiles itself. Correct. One-time use, yet it's still at $4. I think that shows how good it is. Right, yeah. I love that it's an X plus 2. So if someone gave you some BS token... Well, I'll use it on that. Go get Sakura Tribe Elder. Actually get right. something of value. It just allows or you... you can it, sacrifice your Wood Elves and go get Voldaren Pariah. So, <laughs> and the other thing I also like is that it's an X or less. Sometimes you see these cards mm -hmm. and it's go get Converted Mana Cost X. X or right. X is 2 plus, whatever that right. creature like is. Like Birthing Pod, is that yeah, right? Yeah, and then it's like, well, now I'm even getting more narrowed down. Right. And let me look at my deck list before I do this. And that's just a pain. With this, it's like, oh, I'm sure I got something 5 or less that I could want totally. right now. Um, I love the card. It's a great card. It's another sacrifice outlet to kind of get me on my combo engine. Uh, yeah. And and again, like you said, it's this also plays. So let's say your combo engine stalling and you're like, I need ramp. I need mana. Oh, sure. I need something. You can always go get your Wood Elves. You can always go get Sakura. You can go get Manglehorn if yep. you're planning to get something. So I think this card's really good. If like I'm about said. to die, go get a Noxious Gearhulk. Right, exactly. Like I think that's I think this is a really good utility card. And like you said, it's like fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'll, so I've had this conversation before. I almost like this better than Natural Order. A, because it's about 10 times cheaper. <laughs> and B, Natural Order is only green creatures. Yep. So, I, I mean, depending on what deck you're playing, I think in this deck, this is just better than that one. Absolutely. No argument there. What's nice. your last one? So my last one is one of my pet cards, which I thought I had like six copies of and somehow I had lost a bunch of them. This is out of the Theros block. Right when I first started playing, and I opened this one, we're talking Ashen Rider. Oh, yeah. Cards fucking bonkers. So four colorless, uh, two white, <laughs> two black, for a 5-5 five, five flyer. 
Uh, it's an Archon for all you Archon tribal players, which is probably a deck somewhere in, with uh, Morphin or whatever it's called. When it enters the battlefield or dies, exile target permanent. Yeah. What more do you want? Exactly. Like, it's, it, the only thing that sucks is it's, it's extremely expensive, right? So expensive. But if you can cheat it out, if you can do these sort of things, if you can get it cast multiple times. So that's part of the infinite engine in here that we'll get to. And what I was kind of talking about with Will is I once I could have had the engine going to where I could go get any creature I wanted. Right. I would have gotten Ashen Rider, entered the battlefield and killed it and then done that over and over and exiled right. all those creatures he was about to kill me with. But I think because of another card, it would have milled me. Right. right, right. That's that being my only sacrifice. Yeah, engine. And again, like that five for that, what you're talking is quite a lot. Yeah. Um, this card, like I said, I opened a couple of these. I think it was really good. Uh, Scooby Shuffles. So this is yeah, it is really expensive. But I mean, depending uh, this, it, it's a very strange card because this is a card that's a Carador staple because there's so many ways to get it in. Oh, I think okay that most Carador decks run this, but they're also playing the mill myself intentionally search and put stuff sure. in the graveyard. I'm gonna cast this for free. It's gonna sit. They're playing. They're playing. There's. They're, yours is the combo reanimator style. There's the way this is. I've seen this played the most. Like Scooty Shuffles is, is that it's a uh, toolbox reanimator. So would you? Uh, let's see if you are right. I'm on EDH Rec right now, looking at top decks with uh, Ashen Rider. Guess what the number one deck is? Garador. It's Carador. Hey! <laughs> I, was like, uh, I was like, damn it. Yeah, number two I'm, is Joda, which I don't count that. Uh, the, the, the next Orzhov. Isn't Orzo. there better cards in Joda for that? I don't know. Uh, well, you have one. <laughs> the uh, one that you're thinking about building, the new Taste of Karlov. That's the next one. Is it? Yeah. Well, I oh, mean, yeah, think I'll, about a dying and triggered ability that I happens I again. Gonna, I was going to put it in because I thought I had one, and then it's gone. I don't know where <laughs> it is. disappeared. So I, I got to look at my inventory, but there again, you go. it's just like... The problem with having 41 decks is I've used each deck as a toolbox for other decks at certain times and like move swapped cards around and I just have no fucking clue where it went. Cool. But anyways, I thought that card's really cool. Yeah. And I just think it, I just think it's sweet. So I feel Which, like I've talked about this card before, but I couldn't remember. So and I'm way too lazy to go look at old show notes. It's Aura Shards. I don't think we've talked about it. Maybe I don't we recall have. It. Okay. Yeah, so I don't remember it. But this, that, this we would have talked this on our second episode if we had. We would have, but I don't think we I don't, did. I don't remember. I, th I think we ended up doing Alter the Brood for that one, which is also in this deck. Yeah, uh, it is. But so Aura Shards, guys, is also one of my pet cards when I had first kind of got pet back cards. into Magic. What do you mean pet cards? <laughs> well, one it, of the it, best cards in these colors. This Amulet of Vigor and Alter the Brood, right. I wanted to put in every single deck. Yeah. Because they're I'm, so good. Well. Anyways, Aura Shards, Colorless Silenzia, that is green. White, it's an enchantment, uncommon. Uh, whenever a creature be a mythic, that's <laughs> so stupid. It is, it is really good. It's sixteen dollars. I know. It's hell uh, uncommon. Whenever a creature comes into play under your control, you may, and that's a big thing there, destroy yeah. target artifact or enchantment. So, what does this deck pretty much want to do? ETB effects, sack them, bring them back, ETB effects again. But the reason I bring up that may is a big deal is that there is a sliver that's literally aura shards on mm -hmm. a creature, and that is not a may ability. Right. So, sometimes if it's not a may and it's like, oh God, uh, I had to bring this stuff back because I'm in this loop to try to win the game, right. but now I got to start blowing up my combo pieces that do this that's not good stuff right but yeah. in charge you can say no yeah no and again like like i said this is a staple of the format 
if it wasn't $16, it would be in everything, which oh, yeah. is why it's $16 in the first place. So I wish I had like 16 copies of this, but here we are. And plus, one of the things that we talked about earlier, what does black usually have issues dealing with? Enchantments and artifacts. Right. Yes, green and white can do that, but I'm not trying to just build an anti-enchantment artifact deck. Well, this one card can take care mm. of all those issues for me. So. Yeah, I agree. No, I think it's awesome. Cool. Let's. I think that wraps it up for the yeah. Board State and Hot Profile. Let's we're like uh, go three, on we're like over. four cards ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go over to how do you win the game in the East package. Uh, Big Tuck, why don't you start it? All right. So I'm just going to talk about this one because we've seen it. Uh, I saw it. Ha I saw this loop on Saturday with this card. Oh, so it's... you're Pattern of Rebirth? No, I'm not oh. going to talk about that one. I'm going to oh. talk about the other one that oh. matters. So uh, we're talking Boon Weaver Giant. Six in a colorless for a 4-4. Four, four, doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, when it enters, so when it enters the battlefield, you may search a graveyard hand and library for an aura card and put on the battlefield attached to it. If you search the library for this way, shuffle it. So this card. Let's is, pause. Why does it say you may search your graveyard hand and or library for an aura card? I don't need to search my hand. My hand's in front of me. Right, but it also lets you play it. Fair. That's the only Fair. reason why. <laughs> and so what I want to do is I want to pause because. I was going to do your thing because yeah, because basically I'm talking about the card that this goes and gets. It, it, it's one. It, it's a very common Carador infinite combo. Yes. So the one that I picked was Pattern of Rebirth. Pattern of Rebirth is three colorless green enchantment aura rare enchant creature. When enchanted creature dies, that creature's controller may search their library for a creature card. Put that card onto the battlefield and shuffle their library. So big tuck. Why do these cards matter? It's just this nonsense bullshit combo that's like super cute where you can go and like sack it. So if I remember correctly, it's like you sacrifice this pattern rebirth, play some way to get this back from your graveyard. It enters the battlefield, then you get rebirth back, and then you just keep going through this loop of getting all the th all the creature cards from your graveyard in the library. It's cute. It's a little too cute for my flavors, and eventually this just leads you to the other infinite combo that I'm sure we're going to talk about, which is also a bunch of horse shit. So it's just, it's like, it makes like a mini loop, it makes a mini loop that doesn't win the game on its own, that only like wins another game. It's like a perfect, as we said before, Rube Goldberg machine of just this circle around nonsense. So here's the thing. Big Tuck's a real salty guy. Um, and so what, what it is, it is Pattern of Rebirth. You can actually put that on any creature. Right. It sacrifice, it dies. You get Boonweaver Giant. Boonweaver Giant hits the battlefield. Pattern of Rebirth attaches to it. Here's where I got stuck on Sunday is I didn't have, I only had a tap land, a high market for sacrifice. my sacrifice yeah. outlet. I didn't have an Alter Dementia or anything like that. So... The, and so what you do is once you are able to, and this is why I'm okay with it, because you need so many pieces. There are a lot of pieces. There are a lot, a lot of pieces. pieces with this so one. Pattern Rebirth gets Boonweaver Giant. Boonweaver Giant gets Pattern Rebirth out of the graveyard. It reattaches to the Boonweaver Giant. Then you sack the Boonweaver Giant. Go get, what would that be? Karmic Guide? Go get Karmic yeah, Guide. Karmic Guide comes out, brings back the Boonweaver Giant, which brings back the Pattern of Rebirth. You sacrifice the Karmic Guide. You sacrifice the Boonweaver Giant. You go get Revelark. Revelark grabs the Karmic Guide, right. which then grabs the Boonweaver Giant, which grabs a Pattern of Rebirth. You sacrifice those guys. You then go get Fiend Hunter. Fiend Hunter comes out. Right. And basically then... Fiend Hunter and Karmic Guide are what Revelark goes and gets out of the graveyard. And then you exile all creatures. 
No, you use that. You have to use the Fiend Hunter. Long story short, <laughs> you have Fiend Hunter, Karmic Guide, Revel Arc, Boonweaver Giant doing all of this stuff. They're all in the graveyard. Um, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Pattern of Rebirth is grabbing whatever creatures you right. want out of your library. And so you can go get Ashen Rider, exile all their permanents. Right. You can go get uh, the stereotypical Woodfall Primus, Micaeus combo, blow up all their non-creature permanents. Um, the, the way that this really... You can build really, to death with... with uh, uh, Alter Dementia. Yep, or uh, Alter of the Brood. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's basically the, the one combo in the deck... Pattern of Rebirth, Sacrifice it's Outlet. It's Rube Goldberg machine yeah, that it, doesn't work half the time. But it looks yeah, it, it's something that whenever I pull it off, guys, I literally have to pull it up on Google and be like, okay, I do this to do this to do this to do this to do this. Um, and as you heard earlier, I ended up, I had the combo. I could have done it, but my only Sacrifice Outlet was a Greater yeah. Good, which if you're not familiar with Greater Good, um, let me find it's, it. It's two colorless, two green <laughs> for, for an enchantment, and then you sacrifice a creature Draw cards equal to its power, then discard, and then discard three. three. Yeah, so the so issue you there, milled, you would have milled yourself. I would have milled myself, uh, and so then I would have died. But no, it, it's it's a very stereotypical combo. Yeah, but it's the only way I have to win with the deck. So it is what it is. It's cute, still too cute for my shit, but whatever. <laughs> it's just the thing I don't like. The thing I don't like about it is it just takes too many steps, and then you have to sit and explain it for five hours and look. No, it up. you don't. You just have to look it up. And be like, know, hey, this is saying, how I do it's it. It's like it's too. It's way too much. So, so my first one helps me start this well, yeah, combo. Pattern right is one of yours. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So okay, that yeah. was my second one that I was going to talk yeah. about. The first one is one that I kind of did a big tuck on and threw a hissy fit after a tournament because I wanted the card, uh, even though I pulled one earlier it just wasn't a foil and i wanted the foil it's Razaketh the foul oh yeah this card's sweet so it's five colorless black 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 Uh, this is one of mine (laughs) god (laughs) legendary creature demon flying trample eight eight but the thing i like about it i'll let let big tuck read it because it is very me pay two life sacrifice another creature oh no why would i do that that's it search the library for <laughs> any card and then put it into your hand yay it's so awesome <laughs> big raz is the best he was the commander of my black deck until i swapped swapped him recently and this foil copy is 25 yeah, dollars but the normal one i think is still like 15 i bet which i think i i actually opened him i think um it's you know what's crazy is that bitter blossom we talked about in the last episode the non-foil was 50 guess how much the foil is 35 60 it was only 10 bucks more for the foil Wait, what? Bitter Blossom. You're saying the foil was 60 and the, and the non-foil was... was 50. Wait, really? Yeah. Wow, I got mine yeah, for weird. a song. Nice. All right, go. But anyways, uh, yeah, no, this card is way too good for this sort of bullshit. <laughs> if you can cheat him out, it's even better. Um, I would play him, like I said, I played him with my mono black kind of like big mana burn you deck. Yeah. And it's like, it's so easy just to be like, yeah, I'm just going to bend three creatures. And if you can't kill me this turn, I'm going to win. <laughs> or, or even like the, the turn, if you let me untap, the game is over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, he's a he's a great card. Because um, once again, this is a combo reanimator right. deck. I need ways to put things in graveyards and go get things out of deck. He literally does both. both. Yes, he costs eight, but hopefully I'm never paying eight. Yeah, I, I agree. And there's like... I think I haven't really seen him played that much, to be mm-hmm. honest, which is kind of crazy. Like, yeah. I think I've, I've been the only deck I've ever seen him in. And the weird thing is, I remember when he got spoiled, the EDH community kind of freaked out. They're yeah. like, what? Pay two life, sack a creature, go tutor? Now, granted, your favorite person, Josh Lee Kwai, has this in his uh, Athreos. Uh, oh, the Shadowborn Sh- Apostles. Shadowborn Apostles. Yeah. Uh, it, 
It's fine. I think the, I think they were. I think everyone saw that, and then they realized how prohibitive the cost is. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to get him out if you're yeah. actually casting him and don't have any way to cheat him. That's fair. So, but yeah, no. It's I actually have another commander of mine that I want to talk about on here. That's Ooh. another legendary creature. Is this your last one? This is my last one. All right. Okay. Uh, we're talking Gerard Golgari Lichlord, which I'm shocked that you kept in here. Yeah. But I mean, it's really good. So two black, two green, legendary creeper creature, zombie elf. It gets plus one, plus one for each creature card in your graveyard, which fits the theme very well. Yep. And then uh, he has sacrifice a swamp and a forest, return him from the graveyard to hand, which also is utility. Yeah. But I'm guessing for this you won't really use. No. Nope. And then colorless Golgari, that's black green, sack another creature. Each opponent loses life equal to the sacrifice creature's power. That's the only reason he's in here. Okay, cool. Infinite it's just, loop it's with an- that. It's another sack outlet with infinite mana yep. that you get from the, the altars. Yep. So, yeah, that's the reason. So, I think that... For this deck, the third ability is actually highly relevant because really? even if you mill him out, you can uh, still get him back to hand. Sure. Okay. Whereas in, in my mono, when he's my commander, that's less. That will happen less because you don't cast him until I actually have him out. Sure. So it's everything to do with that. Um, do you? So outside of <laughs> outside of your infinite combos, is there like one? creature in here that you generally like like to fling and burn anyone with or like one creature that gets big enough to do so regularly? you know uh i don't think i've ever done his combo to be okay. honest um because it's not one that's because for me that takes more work than i think my pattern or rebirth combo right. and so it's like okay if i need to win the game i'm just gonna try to go the path of least resistance um which still only wins you the game because everyone else scoops let's be clear <laughs> well i mean that's not true depending on what altar i have out there i could just mill you everyone, oh, sure. okay you're yeah, all milled upkeeps you right, all right. lose um but no i mean I, I think for the most part if i'm ever going to use his sacrifice ability it's going to be for one of these other etb like think of a green warden of marusa yeah that's right. a, someone for five and then uh, when it dies i do have go the option to exile thing. it right. go get another card from the graveyard to hand so there are some things in here that can be good um you know if i needed to destroy another artifact the manglehorn right, right, things right. of that nature but no that's usually not what i'm thinking of i mean i guess in a pinch i could uh go ahead and sacrifice the woodfall primus even if i don't yeah, have micaeus sure. out there just to get the just persist get trigger the right yeah but no i just i had to give him some love because we're not going to talk about my guy on here for maybe a year maybe never sure. Who knows? I guess we haven't really talked about what happens when we go through all 32. <laughs> but what'd you get? What'd you get for your last guy? So my last one is a $30 card, and I'm shocked this thing's 30 bucks. Begins with a W. It's a worm. It's worm coil engine. Oh well, yeah, this card's bonkers. This card is so good, and it's a mythic. Uh, it costs six colorless. Artifact creature or worm. Six six. Death touch lifelink. But hey, yeah. when, when it dies. It splits off, and you get a 3-3 Death Touch and a 3-3 Lifelink. What does this deck want to do? I sack shit, it goes to the graveyard, and then I bring it back, and then I can sack it again, and then I just get all the 3-3s with Death Touch or Lifelink. This is a card that, this is one of the reasons why I, an only EDH player, fucking hate Modern. Because if this card was only, if it was not played Modern, which it is, because this tr- you can Tron this on turn three. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's bonkers. So that's just like, oh, I don't have a Karn or an Ugin. I guess I'll just play a Worm Coil Engine and just win the old-fashioned way. It's so stupid. This is like, I. So you think if this wasn't Staple and Tron, it would be cheaper? I think it'd be significantly cheaper, but I still don't know if it'd be, because it's only been printed three times that I could think Does of. Does that even count the Masterpiece? 
movie no, invention. Masterpieces do not affect the price <laughs> at all. They <laughs> got printed uh, once in uh, Mirrodin Block or Scars Block, which just came in. Yep. Once in Duretti Precon, and then again in Duretti Precon in another Commander Anthology. Oh, okay, got that's it. So, um, so it'd probably still be ten bucks. I think eleven dollars. So. But this is like this is one of those really interesting cards that like. It's arguable. You can oh, this card almost goes in like every deck. Yeah, it's. I mean, because you no matter what you're playing, you're never going to be upset to be like, well, I guess I play Wormcoil Engine. Right. Yeah, because it's always like it's a six six for six that has two relevant abilities that can and just get broken so many different ways. I mean, like this goes in any mono black deck that has reanimator theme. This goes in any anything that has anything to do with the graveyard. Right. Like yeah. this card is just completely busted. And even like you said, even in a pinch. I, I'm sure there's a creature in any deck that exists that you could cut for this and mm-hmm. be like, okay, I'd much rather. Would you rather see this one utility two two that does nothing or a six six yeah. worm coil engine? You know, and we just talked about it. I would totally fling worm coil engine with Gerard. Nice. Get, get the two three threes right. and then bring Gerard back with or uh, worm coil back with something. Yeah, so. no, I totally agree. Yeah, this card's freaking sweet. Is this the only copy you have? Uh, I might have. I have one in my uh, Eldrazi colorless deck. Oh yeah, but yeah. I think other than that, probably because I don't have an artifact deck. Right. So. Yeah. All right, Art. guys. Well, I think that wraps up how to win the game in the East package. We're now going to kind of migrate over to the Spice package. I'll kick this off with a card that I think I'm going to migrate over to Shirai. It's a very cute card. It's a Newscraft mob. Oh, that's mine too. Hey, hey! Jesus! <laughs> it's four colorless black black creature zombie. It's a zero zero. It's ETBs with five plus one plus one counters on it. Whenever a player casts a spell, remove a counter. If you do, put a 2-2 black zombo on the battlefield. The reason I think I'm actually going to take it out of here and put it into my Shirai deck is because eventually when it dies, it'll be power one or less, so that it'll automatically come back. Um, But I had it in here because I was like, oh, he's going to be there. People will cast stuff. He'll just eventually naturally die. Right. And then I can bring him back with Carador. But just kind of thinking about it, me complaining about how expensive the deck is, six mana to just use to get five tutus eventually is not the best. This is one. This is like another one of the cards that I've talked about previously that I can't remember like another example off the top of my head where like I've had this card has been in and out of and back in and out of probably half the black decks I have. Right. Have you thought about putting this in Morchesa? So I did, but the problem is it doesn't do enough. Like it just mm. generates more, and it might actually still be in Marche. It might actually be in Marche. But I mean, still. I guess someone could be like, "Oh, there's one plus one plus one left. I cast a spell. It has nothing. It right. dies and then and it, it dies. stays dead." Yeah. So I do like that you can sack it pretty easily, and it comes back. So I, I don't remember. It's that's been one of the ones in that deck that's been like kind of on the fence. However, yeah, I don't remember if that's still in there or not. I think it's in. I think it's actually in my mono black deck. Um, just because of the utility and it's good sacrifice fodder sure. and it's good to come back. I, I this tar, this card's really hard to talk about and really hard to because it's hard to justify. It's yeah. it's so easy to justify either way you cut it, right? Because yep. like either either this card's a five for one, yep. which is insane, or it just sits there and doesn't do anything, right? And yep. you like have to like make these like weird plays and hope that your other players are actually gonna do something sure. for it to actually work out. But it also does say whenever a player casts a spell, so they count True, for yourself. Yeah, right. So it's like, well, if everyone else is gonna refuse to cast anything because they don't want me to get a bunch of these two twos, I'll just cast stuff I'll on my turn. Myself. And again, in your stride deck, you have all those zero, those one drops and other. Oh yeah, small it, very things. easily I could play it for six. 
do some Cabal Coffer mana, which usually it's like, oh, okay, you're doing Cabal Coffer mana. But I can still get five mana and just one drop, one drop, right, one right. drop, one drop, one drop. It's dead. It comes back. And then it comes back, and then the cycle repeats yeah. itself. So I think it's, yeah, the spices in this, I mean, we've already talked about Altar of the Brood to death, so yep. there's nothing else to talk about there. FIFA Blood is a good one. Yeah, I was, I'm was. i wondering on that. Oh, that could be a Gerard fling. Yeah, that could be, definitely. So, um, but I think, yeah, I, I like that new, new scrap bombs in this deck. I also like that you really shelled out the 89 cents for the foil of it. So yeah. Good on you. I think I actually opened that in the box. Did you? Nice. Yeah. yeah. That monster box that you had yes. on that one. Nice. Oh, man. But yeah. So, I mean, that's all I really have to say about that. I think like. <laughs> oh, Forrest Gump style. That's all I really got to say about yeah. that. And I was thinking, I kept thinking that this was some sort of dumb combo with. No nope. risk, but it's not, right? Nope. It's just a utility card. Yeah. Yep. Nope. That, that's what I mean, granted, I didn't that. even think of the Micaeus combo. But there's no way to remove the counters off it, right? Because it comes back with the five. Oh yeah, you're you're right. I mean, I don't. I would have to continually play stuff. Right. So I mean, I guess I saying, it is. It is infinite with Micaeus. It's just like whenever whenever people yeah. do play stuff, yeah. then it goes away. I still like it. I, yeah. I mean, in this deck that you don't play that often, that already has its other things. Sure. I mean, I would keep it if I was you. But I mean, but we'll go find that out in the bottle capping. Oh! Let's migrate transition. Uh, so to remind you guys, these are going to be Big Tux and I's recommendations on Marin Turns to Carador for Guidance that are under $5, under 50 and a personal recommendation. I'm going to kick this off because I'm going to cut a Planeswalker. Uh, I'm going to recommend we cut Liliana, Heretical Healer. Oh, yeah. This is the flip Planeswalker Liliana from Origins. Colorless, black, black, legendary creature, human cleric, lifelink, 2-3. And it basically says whenever another non-token creature you control dies, you exile Liliana, return to the battlefield transformed, and put a 2-2 black zombie creature token onto the battlefield. And her other side is Liliana Defiant Necromancer yep. with that... Nice little garter up on the thigh. Like, did you hear, she's did you hear what happened about this? There's like uh -uh. this really funny thing where they were talking about um, they Wizards was saying something about like how gender inclusion is really important for them, and then that back thing was like the card they revealed, and the entire <laughs> standards went like quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, you know what you're doing. The fucking grognards. Everyone had to hide their half chubs. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Or their Callback. Clutch runs. Clutch runs. Oh god. <laughs> uh, so the planeswalker has three abilities. Plus two, each player discards a card. Minus X, return target non-legendary creature card with converted mana cost X from your graveyard to the battlefield. Minus eight, you get an emblem with whenever a creature dies. I get control of it comes into three loyalty. So my initial thought on having this in here was that minus eight is bonkers. Yes. And I'm having things die occasionally. So she is going to flip. Right. But then if people kill the planeswalker, it goes back to the graveyard as a creature and I can cast it and try it again. And it again. Yeah. But that's a lot of work. The, yeah. And this isn't really a sacrifice deck other than my loops. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to recommend we cut it for, I believe, a staple card. Her name is Safri Eric's Daughter. Okay. <laughs> Did you have this? Yes. Oh, my oh, I, God. This is, my later, this is my later cut. Okay. So, I was actually going to cut out a bullshit card in here, which you know I hate. Cutting Micaeus the Unhollow yeah, for Safi. Cut it! Woo! I fucking hate the Micaeus Woodfall Primus nonsense. It's a bunch of Not bullshit. Happening. Not at happening. Least, at least this way... Safi makes you, you actually have to make a, as we call it, another Rube Goldberg machine. I already have it's, one. I don't need I know, another I'm one. That, but Safi just gives you another way to do that with the cards you already have in here. You could cut one card and keep going with the <laughs> cards that you have. 
Well, why don't we actually tell people what this card even sure. does? So, Safri, Eric's daughter, is a legendary creature, human scout, 2-2, two, two, for Silenzia. So, it's uh, a green and a white. Yep. You can sacrifice her at instant speed. When target creature is put into your graveyard from play this turn, you may return that card to play. This card, I want to see. I'm going to take the MG to the... MTG Finance or whatever, I feel like this card's jumped up and down in price like ridiculously over the last, since I've been playing. Because hmm. I thought for a time, it was, oh, I guess not. Oh, wait, yeah, I did. A couple of years ago, this card was like 15 bucks and Jeez. now it's down to five. So yeah, so when I, I thought this was super expensive when I put it in my personal recommendations, Yeah, but it's really not. Oh, okay. So do you know, you know how this Loops. Rube Goldberg machine goes, right? No. The only reason I actually thought about putting it in here is this is just another cheap way to get creatures from the graveyard to the battlefield and to recast her with Carador. It's only two mana. Right. I'm just looking for more efficient ways to do that uh, because basically she's filling the slot that Liliana's minus X was doing. Minus X returned the creature from the right. graveyard to the battlefield, but I feel like this is a more efficient way to do it. Well, then there's also, if you have Alter, Dementia, Her, and then Revelark or Karmic Guide, you can sack. So you have Karmic Guide. You sacrifice oh, Eric she's power to her, two or less, yeah. And then or Revel Arc, and then you sack it to Ultra Dementia. She comes back. Rube Goldberg <laughs> machine time, but gotcha. again, like that completely gets stymied if anyone monster mashes, aka gets one of the Eldrazi Titans in the graveyard. Yeah. So I like I was cutting Micaeus out for, and you could put the you could put that combo breaker in reverse because I was cutting him out just to make a more complex combo <laughs> that also doesn't win the game, but you have to take an extra step to get there. All right, well, uh, so that was your personal recommendation. Yes. <laughs> what was your under $5? All right, so we've already talked about this card, so I still don't know why you run it in these decks outside of one card. Again, uh, we're going to cut Revive. Oh. <laughs> it's, just, it's nothing. It's a bulk common from, like, four sets. So I can't afford better cards. You can. I can tell you. So Revive is a colorless and a green. Return target, <laughs> target green card from your graveyard to your hand. It's horrendous. I, you're, it's the second time we talked about it, so don't get into depth. But this is one of my favorite cards in these sort of graveyard decks. I'm going to cut it for another two-drop as well. Okay. That's Exhum. Okay. You know you haven't heard this one? Mm -hmm. Oh, dude, it's nuts. Colorless and a and a black. Each player puts a creature card from their graveyard onto the battlefield. Why would I want to do that? I don't want everyone getting value. Because you're, if you're running this deck like you want it to, it won't matter what they get. Because it only matters that you get something from your graveyard to the battlefield for two, and then you can do whatever other loops that you want to. And most cards, most decks, if if it's like a prosh deck, for example, sure. what's the best creature I'm gonna get on my graveyard? Nothing. Right? If you're playing a Voltron Commander, again, a lot of it doesn't matter. Unless you're playing a Mill deck or another Graveyards Matters deck, this card will get you ahead every single time. So here's the reason I got Revive in here. So I, I appreciate your creature recommendation, but Revive gets Tooth and Nail, Primal Growth, uh, da, 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 da. it gets back aura shards it gets back Deadbridge chant it gets back greater good it gets back journey to eternity it gets back mirari's wake it gets back pattern of rebirth okay do you see the path even, that i'm even, going even with that there's a card called regrowth which is also a colorless and green that gives you any card in your graveyard back to your hand okay that's fine like i mean okay. <laughs> do you want another one i can, I can another one. <laughs> there's another one that's a that's phryxian mana Instant ooh, ooh. that lets you return any card from your graveyard to the top of your library. Ooh, I Those like are that. both way better than this, as is Exhum. All I'm right. Tell, I'm telling you, I've played Exhum before and it's never been burnt. I've never burned. So, uh, so, so that was my purse. That was my under $5. Okay. 
So my under $50 cut Voldaren Pariah, which we've already talked about. And the only reason I'm going to cut it is because just as time goes on, I forgot that it's only target opponent sacrifices three creatures opposed to each opponent. So I want to say when I had kind of put this together, our playgroup wasn't as big. So I think when I put it in there, I was like, oh, that's not a big deal. So it was either me or Squee McGee and another person. And so it really didn't matter. So I'm going to cut it for a card I had never even heard of, Loyal Retainers. Oh, I, this was on, I was going to talk about this too. But. Oh, okay. So Loyal Retainers, two colorless white, Creature Advisors, 1-1, one, one, $44.99, so it is pricey. Well, what's funny on that is the the uh, unreadable invocation is actually cheaper than the no original way. printing. This so, is an invocation? So Portal 3 Kingdom is 44 bucks. Commander's Arsenal, which is also a foil, is 24 bucks, And then the invocation is 41 Wow. And boy, it is hard to it's hard to <laughs> decipher. So sorry. So what this guy does it says on your turn before you attack. So basically, at the beginning of your transition from main phase to attack, Activ- or so does it just happen so during main phase? It's been a rat, it's been okay. ratted. Activate this ability only during your turn before attackers are clicked. <clears throat> okay, so you can just do it. But then what the cool thing is that you get to put this card into your graveyard and you get any legend card. Has that been eroded to creature? It is. It's legendary creature card. I don't want it anymore. Get it out. But no, see, I'm just no, kidding. I, that was that, one of the it's, still, it's still a good one. I, th- I, think, I think it gets so eight or nine different creatures out and, of the And like the that deck. was what I that's what I was I was wondering on this one too, because I didn't look it up. But there are you do have a legendary enchantment in here, which is really good. Yeah. And would help you a lot in this, and you have enough utility. I don't. I think it's probably pretty good in this deck. Yeah. To be honest. Well, and also once again, kind of like Safi, and the reason that I wanted it in the deck is it only costs three. So if I do the swap, it's easy for me to re get it out with Carador. Right, right, right. Because it's only three mana. It's not like you're asking me to bring out uh, Ashen Rider for eight. And if you get to the point where you know you want to cast Carador again, but when he's getting killed, like on a board wipe, throw him in the graveyard. Yeah. Right? What are they, they going to do? And then the nice thing is that it doesn't matter if this guy has summoning sickness because it's not a tap ability. Correct. So yeah. I could just play him on the turn and use that ability in that same turn. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Yeah, this one I think it really works in the second. And again, like we talked about earlier, the ability to access white is gives access to these kind of cards and yeah. like these fringe cards too. So uh, my last recommendation for under 50 was I was going to recommend to cut uh, in direct stomp power, <laughs> which is what it's called. So... Uh, this card, I think, is good, but I think you have cards in here that already do stuff that's better. Okay. So, four colorless and a green. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, destroy target artifact or enchantment. The, the, the reason I liked him in here is for the enchantment piece, because, like, Manglehorn sure. only hits the right, artifacts. artifacts. But why don't you tell me what's better? So, what I would put in here is one of my favorite cards out of my deck. We're talking Lord of Extinction. Okay. So, Lord of Extinction, three colorless, a green, and a black. Power toughness is equal to the number of cards in all graveyards. Slam dunk! And I have one if you want it. Yeah! So, okay, good. <laughs> all right, so this card, so this card plus uh, Gerard is my main win con in my in my. Oh, green. okay, I can see that. Yeah, because like I bin him, I mill my I mill myself out. I'm doing board wipes. Then you bring Lord of Extinction back, tap Gerard, burn everyone for thirty. Not even tap him. You just yeah, pay you, three. Pay, you pay the mana. So as long as you have, I think it's like. If I can untap with eight Nine. mana open, because he costs five, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So five, you burn everyone for thirty, and like it's game over usually. Oh, so it, Ger- oh, I thought Gerard, Gerard was just target player. No, 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 it's that's everyone. That's each. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's spicy. Yeah, it's fire. 
So, um, Lord of Extinction, I think, does everything you want to in this deck. It blocks. Yep. You can get it. If you can get this in your bullshit Micaeus loop twice, it's almost... So, think about this. You're like, he's a 30-30 or something like that, or... 30 or whatever, yeah. massive, right? Especially in a four or five player game. I mean, basically, you alter, you alter you, the brood. You only need him to be a, a 20, and you're guaranteed with Micaeus to kill everyone for six mana with Gerard. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or just even like if you have your alter of the brood set up, right? So let's say yeah. someone has 40 cards, he's a 40 40. You alter the brood them, they mill for 60. Now he's an 80-80 or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? Like whatever that math works out to. This card's awesome. That's, um, that's hilarious. It actually is in more Gitrog monster decks than Carador decks. I believe that because Gitrog is so good at milling its own lands out and mill and uh, dumping stuff that's in. That's fair. But I'm guessing it's like Gitrog, Gerard, Carador in that order. Mm-hmm. Well, so you got Mimeoplasm at number one. Oh, Gerard yeah. Gerard at number two. And then it's actually uh, Moldrotha at number three. Yeah. I Yeah, it's okay. I wouldn't put this in. And, and then a tie up, for four is Gitrog and Sidisi. Yeah. So, so I think, yeah, like I said, I think this card's really good in your deck. I think it does everything that you no, want I'm, to. No, I'm all for it, man. And uh, and again, it's like, I like Endrick. I think it's, if you hard cast it, it feels okay. Sure. And then if you can get, the, but like you have so much other stuff that deals with these sort of things in these colors, it's just like. And hey, you're giving me another way to combo in. I'm all for it. There you go. <laughs> well, we know you don't have a personal recommendation because uh, that was my under five because you thought the card apparently was more expensive than it was. But I, I got a land actually for my personal recommendation. What the fuck? Wait, I know. Wait, are you cutting the land or are you putting it in? Putting it in. What? We just talked about this. I know. What is wrong with you? I know. I know. Here's what I'm going to do, though. We're going to cut Forsaken Sanctuary. Just a BS Orzov enter the battlefield. Oh, that land. is horrendous. Yeah. It's a bad land. It's not even a gate. It's a guild gate without a gate. <laughs> I know. It's a bad. But guess what I'm going to put in? I'll give you one. Give you two guesses. Uh, that one land that you can tap and sacrifice anything, gain no nope. points back. Nope. One more guess. Don't look up anything. Rack that brain. Rack that brain. Oh, I know. I know what this is. It's uh. I'm just going to go and say it because yeah. we're having a lot of awkward silence. It's <laughs> Volrath Stronghold. Oh, duh. Yeah. So it's a legendary land mythic. You only, I guarantee you're only putting this in because you got fucked on high market on Sunday. But this doesn't sacrifice anything. It's just pay, oh, tap and get a color I'm sorry, list. I was thinking of, of Frickson Tower. <laughs> got it. Yep, no, no, I did think about that, but I already I have one and it's already in a deck. But Volrath Stronghold, guys, taps for a colorless. But the better ability on it is if. As you've heard a lot in this cast, it's a lot around Carador or yeah. the things to get the things out of graveyards. But eventually those things get shut down because people get wise. So for a colorless and a black, tap, put target creature card from your graveyard on top of your library. Yeah. It is very fair. It doesn't go to hand. Correct. And it's basically like a vampiric tutor for your graveyard. Out of your, for your graveyard. I know that we usually say no lands, but I I feel like when we kind of talk about the lands, it's not. This isn't really a land. This is like like exactly. It's, it's only a land in this. It's like more of a land than in the sense of. It's like, like Forest a, a Day Two Wong's Tabernacle. Yeah, but except that, it. But this costs, actually taps. This also taps for a mana. That's which fair. Is tabernacle does not, if I remember correctly, right? So yeah, it's also and it's not forty-five. A, it's fifty over here when I'm seeing on card. Oh, Kingdom. but it is an enchant deck, so I think you can actually get this for cheap if you want. Oh, this, okay. If you want that sweet sweet gold border, oh. um, but I, yeah. If it was me, I'd just rather pay the buck thirty for Exum and get it right to the battlefield. But 
I mean, it's it can go either way, right? Yeah. So yeah, no, it's this is a really good card. It probably goes in almost every black deck that can run it, and it's there's that's a reason fair. why it's forty five. It's also on the reserved list. So hey, there, there you go. go. So add it, add it to the list, but sure. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. You concede. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, hey, guys. Thanks for making it until the end. And as promised, here are some more details about the giveaway. We're going to be giving away a foil artist proof expropriate. And yes, this will be the last time you have to hear that nonsense. So you, too, can lose friends like me. So to enter, it's extremely simple. All you have to do is mail us Reese's Pumpkin Peanut Butter Cups. And I usually say just kidding, but I'm actually serious. I would love some Reese's pumpkin. Oh, they taste they taste way better than normal are Reese's. Are they like pumpkin shaped? Is it oh, like a okay. pumpkin pie? I, yeah, yeah, I thought that too. No, no, no. They're just pumpkin shaped. It's the perfect ratio of peanut butter to chocolate. I'm partial to the Easter egg variety. Same type of thing. Mm. It's, oh, it's okay. that same yeah. kind of oh, same thing with like good, the uh, Reese's uh, Christmas trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just when they do those specialty, it's more peanut butter, the hint of chocolate, and it's just mm, mm. hits yep. my heart. Send them on. I'm feeling basic this month. <laughs> So all you guys got to do is share, repost, tweet the episodes debuting in October, follow our Twitter accounts, like our Facebook page, and most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. We're going to announce the winner on a special edition Action 4 News on Halloween. And on social media soon after. Spooky time. (laughs) Spooky boots. And no, we are not giving away spooky boots, but we will be doing a giveaway each month. Uh, it could be a sweet card like this, and I won't go through all of what it is again, but you know what it is. It's and an expropriate. That's all it cares about. <laughs> We're sending you an expropriate that's not tournament legal. That's it. It's over. <laughs> you will play this in any blue deck that you have. Yeah! Don't fucking figure it out. Uh, and this may be one that I create fake accounts for because I could use a second one, or sorry, a fifth or sixth one for my new CEDH deck that I'm going to try to build. Ugh. But, you know, you could get a card like that. You could get something that Big Tuck would put together. Could be your own personal jank tribal, uh, which, you know, I'm, we're also thinking of putting up a Twitter poll in November and get your votes on whether or not you want us to build a jank deck for you. Or build the deck around Big Tuck or myself's custom cards, which also come in the monthly giveaways. Based on what you guys kind of tell us, we'll build it. We won't spoil too much, but the decks will be worth, you know, minimum 250 bucks at the time that they're built. So they won't be straight trash. You will have something fairly good in there. Um, But you know what? Leave us feedback on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. That feedback that you leave us, the star rating, the comments, that actually helps in the algorithm of the interwebs have other people find our content. And so then that way we know that we're not just uh, wasting our time where we could be out knitting. I don't know. Uh, And so, uh, you know, if you'd like to reach out to us and also find out more ways to enter the contest, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at Mr. Combo number five on Twitter, all spelled out except for the five big tuck. Where can they reach you? Still can't. (laughs) Hold strong, baby. If for some reason you would like Big Tuck to get on Twitter, which you should, so that way he and Jimmy, well, it'll be mostly him and Jimmy will ignore him. But if you want to see them Twitter roast each other, just hashtag Big Tuck on Twitter. It'd be hilarious. Jimmy's like, some guy named Big Tuck is posted on my, <laughs> Big Tuck on Twitter is posted on my Twitter account every day at 2.30 in the morning. I'm coming for you, Jimmy, for the last four months straight. And I'm starting, yes! to, I'm starting to get concerned. <laughs> We can, you guys can make it happen. I'm saying I'm willing to do it. He's basically saying he's willing to non-harass but harass Jimmy Wong? I don't know. 
Yeah. What, what are you looking at me for? You think I care about these people? <laughs> Anyways, you can also reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. Go to our website, www.cmtdower.com. You can also find us on Facebook at CMD Tower. Or if you want to engage our fantastic producer or his production team for your own future projects, how would they do that? Squee McGee. Uh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Rich Chaos Records or richchaosrecords.com. You can also now communicate with me on Twitter at Dear Squee. Right. Yep, and that will be part of a kind of Dear Abby segment that will be posted on cmdtower.com to where you guys submit your questions, concerns, things around magic or maybe non-magic related, and Squee will just give you a short little response back, uh, you know, maybe how to politic better in a game. You're trying to debate whether or not you should pay your rent or go buy a uh, God Tribal deck that Mr. Combo Number 5 has. Could be a whole lot of things. <laughs> and then also, he will also be putting together a weekly, bi-weekly, we don't know how often, to to winter orb or not to winter orb where basically he takes a stacks card and talks about how it affects you in the game outside the game and whether or not you should really be playing it because you're a dick um but hey his production <laughs> team also does music podcasts and has a complete full studio with guitars drum sets bongos i don't know if he has bongos but he has he's stuff got here. squeeze boxes though he's got the squeeze box. got squeeze boxes and he has cats or squee box Ooh, Ooh squee box a brand new instrument so if you are in the metro area or travel in, hit him up. Or if you live remotely, you can always send him your audio files and he can always do touch-ups remote. And of course, going to give a big thank you to Pink Royal for the music that they provide in every episode. Well, Big Tuck, any last thoughts? No, I, I think this was a fun deck to talk about. I think you have some interesting choices. I like the fact that it's effectively another Rube Goldberg nonsense combo yeah. deck. As opposed to just a nonsense bullshit two combo Two-card combo. I, I feel like you're starting to, the more we do these deck techs, the more you start to realize that I don't just have two-card combos. It is Rude Goldberg combos. You still have combos. a two-card combo in here, though, with with the Misk and the Woodfall Primus. Nope, still need a sack outlet. Okay, fine. Three cards. There you go. <laughs> or Blood Artist, if you will. I don't even have that in I here. I know. We're checking the, oh, so, well, never mind. Never mind. We're, we're, we're done. We're, we're, right we're out of here. Done. See ya. See ya. <laughs> That's it. Get I'm the out. fuck out of here. <laughs>